Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weatherpeak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast, coming to you live on this beautiful, kind of smoky day in Northern California. Uh, and we are just a little over two weeks away from this thing we like to call Week One. And we got a lot of stories coming down the pipe. I want to thank you to the football gods for uh, le- letting this season take place <laughs> and giving us all these fun things to talk about. Uh, a-, a lot of corona tests. We had somewhat of a red flag situation. The NFL came out today. Turns out it was a faulty lab. We'll dive into some of that and the information that's coming out of the league. Trey Lance, one of the guys that's viewed as a potential number one overall pick, North Dakota State, where Carson Wentz went to school. I saw a rumor today, and it might be the dumbest thing I've ever read. Yannick and Dockway is probably going to be traded in the next week. And any team that trades good players late in the fall is always... A team not well run. I mean, good teams trade their players in the spring. I thought I'd do a little betting segment. I looked at a couple teams in the AFC and the NFC, some conference to win the conference odds. Uh, a couple that I just circled in the Earl Thomas debacle. Like, uh, sometimes it's you, bro. It's not always someone else's fault. You know, sometimes we got to look in the mirror, and it looks like Earl Thomas now is on his... He's unemployed, and uh, I'll, I'll dive into that situation. Of course, Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff, is what we do to end the show. Instagram, DMs wide open, fire up in there, get your question answered here. Also, if you follow, if you listen to this podcast through Collins' feed, also subscribe to the 3 and Out feed, and if you could, I, I would greatly appreciate it. Just leave a review. It helps us sell the podcast, and you know, we gotta got to keep business rolling here. But I want to start with this. I think it happened on Saturday. All these teams were having all these guys test positive. It turns out there were a bunch of false positives coming from the from the one lab in New Jersey. And then the NFL announced today that from August 12th through August 20th, so an eight-day period, they didn't have one player test positive. Over thousands of tests. You know, I, I have friends in the league, obviously coaches and friends. These guys get tested every day when they go into the facility. So between, you know, scouts and coaches, between like 6 and 7 in the morning... They're getting tested every day. I mean, it's 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 crazy some of the stories that I've heard just how serious they're taking them. And it's not, I guess, crazy because you knew it was going to happen, but some of these stories you hear about baseball, like football is... Here's the thing with football and the NFL in general. Over the last decade, it became the big bad wolf. And I think there were a couple reasons why. One, their commissioner was arrogant. 
and he did not kiss the feet of the media. He did not play the game, and they don't like that. You can be the most successful person ever, but if you don't play the game, they're going to come at you. And Adam Silver, for example, that the media loves telling me is the best commissioner going. I don't know how that's possible when you've shepherded a league that is losing consumers by the week. I, I mean, your job is to make people watch your sport. and it's. But you listen to what the media says and write about him, they think he's the greatest commissioner ever. He couldn't hold a candle to the guy he just replaced in David Stern. Roger Goodell, does he have his faults? Of course. Did he screw up situations? 100%. But under his watch, the league has made historic money. I don't know the guy. I'm not up here pounding my chest for Roger Goodell. I don't even have an opinion. I'm indifferent on the guy. But I never hated him like everyone in the media. And let's face it, the media hated him because unlike Adam Silver, he didn't text them. He's not friends with them. And here's the other thing with the NFL. Over the last decade, when this one of the craziest bull markets we've ever seen in American history, a couple things blew up, right? Silicon Valley went to a whole new level. All these tech companies became the biggest companies, not just in America, but in the world. Well, the NFL, over that period of time, started running laps around the other leagues, the NBA and baseball. It's now in a different stratosphere. When they put on a game, like the NBA hopes some of these playoff games get 1.5 million people to watch. And again, I say it all the time. I like the NBA. I love, ba- I love the sport of basketball. I'm watching all these playoffs. My friends are not. You couldn't pay them to watch. We're in the NFL. You put on a Thursday night game. You put on a Monday night game. I'm talking in the regular season when the games suck. And you get 10 million people to watch. They don't even need to try. When you put on a good game on a primetime game, it does, you know, eight figures. I mean, we've seen, we have evidence. We've seen it. And the media and the people that, you know, cover the sport, let's face it, through Twitter and social media, we've seen their political views. And they despise big business. It's one thing, it's one reason why when people are like, you remember the media? Like, kinda. Like, I, I just, I sell my opinions. I view myself really more as a businessman. Because I see the people in the media, and I don't have that much in common with them. Like, I love business. I like money. I root for other people to be successful. When I see other businesses that are crushing it, I applaud them. Like, I, I'm rooting for, I root for capitalism. So, like, I don't know anyone in the league office. Roger Goodell could be an asshole. But the league has crushed it. And you can, you can give me all these different variables and the reason why they have. All I know is that they lap these other sports, and during that period of time, they got a lot of hate. And as many wise people have told me throughout my life, the wind usually blows the hardest at the top of the mountain. And the NFL has felt that wrath over the last decade. Again, I'm not saying they've done everything perfect. But when it comes to business, which is what they've run, they dominate. So when they got in this corona strategy... And, and here's another thing. The media gets very, very uncomfortable when people like myself say that they've rooted against sports. And I don't necessarily think they've rooted against sports. But in 2020, probably more than any time in world history, because of social media, when you have an opinion, you want to stick to that opinion. And clearly a lot of people in the media despise the politics in this country in Donald Trump. And Donald Trump, and it feels, as Corona's become public, you know, politicized, it feels like you're either on one side or the other side. And I always say this about myself. I'm rooting for Corona to go away. I'm rooting for businesses to come back. I, I don't know how that's political. I don't know when rooting for the economy and people to ha- be able to put food on their table became political. But the fact of the matter is, that's where we've become. So a lot of people in the media, and I know I've seen Peter King and different people on Twitter, they got mad at Kyle Brandt of the NFL Network when he when he kind of tweeted out this comment like, are you guys rooting against it? And let's face it, you follow Florio, you follow Peter King and some of these guys on social media o- over a period of time, and I like Peter, but there have been instances where it just feels like because if Corona wins out and the NFL fails or sports in general fail or we got to keep locking down, their opinion was justified. And I, I'm not dumb enough. Uh, hopefully these guys realize that of course, you want the NFL to be played. That's what pays all of their salaries. But when you're anti-business, I don't think you often understand that, <laughs> which is crazy to think about, but that's just the nature of... Sometimes in the media, I don't think people realize, and it's helped me running my own business, understand like how the revenue comes in. Like I, I'm, I'm a big fan of being creative. Started a YouTube channel. But I also understand that you can't keep going without revenue coming in. 
And I think the NFL understood, and they've been lucky because they have an unlimited amount of resources, they were going to throw the kitchen sink at this thing. It wasn't political to them in the sense of their only job was to try to get games played because that is how the NFL makes their money, by playing games. So a, someone with unlimited resources, given that's the NFL and all these teams, were going to throw whatever it took to make sure that they could function. And here are two things that the NFL was just naturally set up to have a chance against the coronavirus of the things that they could control. And a lot of coaches said this when training camps began, is that like at our facility, it, it, before we even put all the safety protocols and measures in place, it already was like a little bubble. Like in football, football coaches don't leave the office. They live there. A lot of high-level players spend a large majority of the time at the facility. Now, you have to balance those, those players, unlike the coaches, usually get Monday and Tuesday off, especially if they're on a good team and they win a lot. So they got free time. And if you're not married, you don't have a family, you're, you're going to go out and hang out. Like these, these 25-year-old with disposable income, good-looking men, you know, with cash that have a lot of energy. Like it's not, it's understandable. But here are two things that the NFL players, like different than basketball. Here's one reason the, the NBA had to do the bubble. They have a player league. Their players don't dictate the rules. Or, excuse me, the coaches in front offices don't dictate the rules. The players do. When the player wants the coach gone, they are fired. No one tells LeBron James or James Harden or Kevin Durant what to do. That They dictate the league. Like, that's just, that's a fact. Like, I, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I, it should. I mean, they're the best players. They don't listen to coaches. They shouldn't because LeBron's proven, like, it doesn't even matter who his coaches. He can win with anybody. But the reality is in football, it's a coach and management league. And unlike the NBA, just like baseball, the money's not guaranteed. So the majority of the league, beside like some quarterbacks and maybe like a star player on each team, is basically living year to year. At, on any given season, they could be cut. They could be thrown to the curb. And because of injuries, their career could end. So coaches, when they tell them something, players listen. It's a disciplined sport to begin with, right? You're told what time to show up at the facility. You're told what times meetings are. You're told what time practices. You're told we got another meeting. You're told to stay late. You're told to do extra. And you just listen. It's just part of the nature of football. It's built in. And so far in training camp, clearly worked out pretty well. Because most of these players, the majority of every team, is fighting for their job every year. So you, you take it very, very seriously. Where with the bubble, it forced these players like you don't have an option. Because those guys, all those guys are on guaranteed contracts, right? They're not worried about getting cut. They can't get cut. We're in the NFL. Think how many veteran players every single year get cut. Now, here's what I've always said, and just about pro athletes in general, but definitely about the NFL, it's an educated league. Football is a smart guy sport. Dumb guys don't last that long. And it's pretty clear by the evidence we have that none of these guys are testing positive, they're listening to their coaches. Because of course they are. Because that's what they do. So the coaches and the leagues, they put in all these protocols. You know every single day, you've seen it on Hard Knocks, how much they're overemphasizing following the rules, listening what to do, and doing whatever it takes to make sure you you do what you can control to avoid this virus. And so far, you go through a from you know an eight-day period where not, not one player tests positive. Shows you, these guys are listening, and the NFL... You know, like any good business, and they're not just a good business, they're a great business, is usually ahead of the curve, even when people, let's let's call a spade a spade, we're kind of rooting for them to fail. Okay, let's get into Earl Thomas, who was just cut from the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens not only cut him, their players essentially voted on him to get the hell out of there. And I'll never forget this quote from Doc Rivers. And the head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers, I, I think he said this when he was the head coach. I, I heard him on a, a, a podcast interview one time, and it was just, it was great. And it, it's so true. He said, the worst thing a player can do is let their problems outweigh their talent. When your talent outweighs your problems, you're okay, right? Terrell Owens forever, Antonio Brown for a long time, and you see it a lot in pro sports. But it gets to the point where you just, when the pendulum swings and your problems 
are better than your ability, it's over. And it's bye-bye. And yesterday on Sunday, I think when he was officially released, maybe it was Saturday, whatever, over the weekend, I saw everyone saying like, oh, these teams are going to be lined up. Everyone's going to want Earl Thomas. And if you told me Michael Thomas, uh, if you told me J.J. Watt, right? If you, I mean, I'm just talking famous players. We're just cut. Richard Sherman, uh, Fletcher Cox. I'd be like, every team in the league is going to want this guy. Without You don't even need to have a meeting. Like, what do we have to do to get him in our building right now for this season? When I saw Earl Thomas was cut and people thought people were just going to sign him, and maybe by the time you're listening, someone signs him. To me, that's not an immediate sign. That's like, hey, when we get to the office tomorrow, let's have a meeting. Let's talk some pros and cons. Let's get on the whiteboard. Does anyone on our staff know anyone with the Ravens? Can we play some calls and see what the hell happened? We need to do some investigative work. Do people forget, and rightfully so, because this thing called the coronavirus hit, Earl Thomas, like three months ago, had his wife pull a gun on him when he was having an orgy with his brother. So, let's face it. I And listen, I'm not one to judge orgies or even uh, hanging around with your brother doing that stuff. Not for me, but if he wants to do that, that's up to him. That's not even that big of an issue. Though, remember when that happened, the Ravens were pissed off because he did not tell them. He had just did something on Instagram, and the Ravens were like, what is going on? And then I read reports, multiple reports, that he had consistently showed up late. And I'd say one thing in football you just don't get away with long is showing up late. Now, you don't need to be Tom Coughlin, be there 30 minutes before the meeting, but football is a pretty punctual sport. We always talk about it. It has a lot of parallels to the meeting, or the the, the military. That meetings, you know, uh, practices... Film sessions, like your entire day, especially in training camp, is broken down by 15, 30-minute increments. You know from the moment you get in the facility, eat breakfast from like 7.30 or 8 up until 8 o'clock when you leave at night, every, every minute's accounted for, every single minute. You have no excuse for being late. And when you're a player of Earl Thomas's level, right, it's one thing to be a rookie, being kind of swimming, not knowing where you're going, being overwhelmed. You're Earl Thomas. Like, a couple years ago, you were headed straight for the Hall of Fame. And now in the last couple years, we have you getting carted off the field, flipping off Pete Carroll. Maybe they knew something. Maybe, Earl, they didn't want to keep you. Maybe because your best football is behind you. And then you go to Baltimore, who I even thought at the time kind of overpaid him. Clearly did not go well. There were weird shit happening last year. Then he's showing up late. He's having orgies with his brother. And then this year, at a blown coverage in practice. Like, isn't part of practice blowing coverage isn't part of practice dropping balls isn't part of practice jumping off sides it's the point of practice coach him up make changes it's not that complicated so when he blew up and he instagrammed the 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 video in lamar jackson the pistol i mean i I would imagine john harbaugh greg roman doesn't want the video of their offense out but and then he starts fighting a teammate like that's clown show stuff blown coverage, and I got no problem at yelling, right? I actually enjoy confrontation, but in terms of getting into a physical altercation with a guy who's having a disagreement, like that's the point of practice. And I think the Ravens tonight are so glad that guy is out of their building. Like, eventually you get to the point in time in your life, like, Earl Thomas, you're not the Earl Thomas that we used to talk about with Seattle. Like, those days are done. You need to adapt. Time to throw different pitches. You can't keep acting like you're a, it's 2013 you're an all-pro. That's not 2020. And I listen, if I ran a team, uh, unless I get John Harbaugh on the phone and say it was all a big misunderstanding, we just had to get him out, gave me some excuse, I don't think I touched the guy. Like I, I, I'm not into touching former all-pros that still think they're an all-pro that aren't anywhere near that and are also a locker room lawyer. I ain't doing it. And I... I I'll be I'll be stunned. Stunned will be strong. It's the NFL. I'll be surprised if if good teams with good cultures mess with this guy. Now there are some connections, right? You just say Dallas. He's begged to go there before. You look at the 49ers who don't necessarily need him, but they have Richard Sherman and, and Robert Sala that know him. I would imagine Pete Carroll ain't going back up, uh, you know, down that road again. You'd say, well, uh, Dan Quinn has coached him before. Gus Bradley, you would say they don't really need him in uh, with the Chargers. I almost called him San Diego. So uh, who, who knows? 
uh, I, I'm not ignorant enough to think like this guy's going to be out of the league. He's still a starting player. But his day and age of being like the Hall of Fame game changer, best defensive player on the best defense in the league, uh, five years removed. <laughs> like we we, we got to get with the real get with the times here. And like Doc Rivers said, the, the moment your career is in trouble as a player in professional sports are when your problems outweigh your talent. And it sure as hell feels like Earl Thomas is trending that direction. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, let's dive into a story that I saw a friend of mine, internet friend, but I've met him, I think, in person a couple times, talked on the phone, Pete Thamel who covers college sports, writes for Yahoo, uh, Yahoo, and he said, sources, this was the headline he tweeted out, potential top five NFL prospect, that'd be Trey Lance, who plays for North Dakota State, is getting a surprise showcase game this fall. 
North Dakota State recently signed a contract to play Central Arkansas on October 3rd in Fargo. Multiple sources told Yahoo Sports. It will be the only game the three-time defending FCS National Championship will play this fall. And here's a quote from an area scout on Trey. I'd be shocked if he's not a top 15 pick. I think he's going to go right up there in the top five with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. I know, like I said earlier, my friend Daniel Jeremiah thinks he's going to be a top, you know, got a potential to be the number one overall pick. North Dakota State, I think within the last month, as the Pac-12 and Big Ten and the Mountain West and all the conferences, canceled their football season, which was a really big deal. One, because they're a powerhouse. And two, just because they have this guy who would have been, you know, kind of got the Josh Allen treatment. Where I know Josh played at Wyoming, which is Mountain West, but a smaller school guy that could be the number one overall pick, especially when you factor in Carson Wentz and North Dakota State. Like it was going to be a huge college football story. But when I see the headline that he's going to play a showcase game or just one game, here's what I know don't do it. Now, I'm also not of the, I don't know the guy. He's only a redshirt freshman. He doesn't have to come out. He could, you know, next year when hopefully, pray to God, things get back to normal, he could just return play next fall on a team that's surely going to be loaded, win a bunch of games, probably win another national championship, and come out as a redshirt junior. Technically, he'd still be a redshirt sophomore if he doesn't play. If I was him, I don't know what good could come from this. You're only playing one game, so you're not practicing really all year long. You're just going to play one game in October with a team like, are they practicing seriously over the next month to keep everyone in shape? Who's blocking for them? Is Central Arkansas playing a full schedule? I just see risk versus reward. And I don't know what the reward is. His tape last year speaks for itself. Right? He can just stand on that alone. What could he possibly do in one game to up his stock? Throw five or six touchdowns? Here's what I do know. Several things could go wrong. One, he could just play shitty. Which wouldn't even be that crazy given that, I don't know, they're not playing a season? Right? Like, again, let me repeat, not playing a season? Football is not, yeah, we're just going to play one game. What? So I, I don't see the the reward there. Two, I don't know, he could get hurt? Here's what I know. You, people get hurt playing football. You see it going on right now in the NFL, right? Lamar Jackson's injured right now. Uh, I, I saw several, I know D4 got hurt. Brandon Ayuk got hurt. Uh, players all over the NFL are, are, are getting injured. Um, I, the Eagles had a guy go to the cart today. Uh, it happens all... Uh, Del Pitt, the LSU safety, got drafted by the Browns. It looked like he tore his Achilles today. It's football. When you practice, when you work out, when you train, when you play in games, you can just get hurt. We all know the deal. Here's what I do know, though. If you're only playing a one-game season and just the the risk of not being on the same page... Football is a game of cohesion. Football is a game of practice. It's not the Houston Rockets just show up and shoot a bunch of threes. You need to rep your place. You need to rep the speed of your offensive line blocking for the quarterback. I I, I just don't see the upside. Now, if he has no desire to come out after this season and he's coming back the following year, then I mean, I, I understand it. But given how much potentially this guy has on the table financially and how just talented he is, I, I, I don't, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and here's what I think a lot of normal people have, uh, have struggled with the coronavirus. A lot of these rules feel kind of arbitrary. Like, wait, you couldn't play a football season, but you can play one game? Like the Big Ten, Ohio State, they're not playing a season. Yet the Bengals are, yet the Browns are, yet the Cincinnati Bearcats are, yet Ohio State, Ohio football in the state of Ohio is playing football. It just does not add up for a lot of people. I understand why the Big Ten parents and players and coaches are pissed off. Because you just go, you just look around. You go, if I'm J- Jim Harbaugh, I go, well, the Lions are playing. Is Michigan high school football taking place? I don't think it is, actually, because Michigan operates a lot like California. But it, 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 I, I get where they're coming from. But once you pull the plug on the season, you can't then dip your toe into the water. To me, either play a handful of games, like a 7-8 game conference season, even at that level, or don't do anything at all. Because you have a player on your team who has way too much on the line. 
And he does not need a showcase. His tape last year was a showcase, right? So to me, he does not have the ability for, to the scouting community to really do much for himself. He can hurt himself, though. He can get hurt, or he can play terrible. And even if he played terrible, it'd be easy to like swipe it under the rug, but that film would still exist. You don't play, no one will hold it against you. You just go, this is, I, I didn't feel comfortable, we hadn't been practicing, and I know it would be difficult. 20-year-old guy, all of his friends are playing. It's easy for anyone in my seat to tell someone not to do something. That's why I always struggle with the media telling, like, the Big Ten kids should just shut up. No, they want to play. Why don't you let them decide to play? It's kind of crazy. That I haven't heard a peep out of the Pac-12. It's like, yeah, we're good. We're cool. We weren't going to make the playoffs anyway. Have like, you noticed? Like, they haven't said shit. But the Big Ten's pissed off. And I'd understand Trey Lance being pissed off too. But I, I would recommend, if he asked me for advice, I would say do not do it. I saw Michael Lombardi, former GM, wrote an article for The Athletic. And he had tweeted out like last week that Yannick Ndokwe was about to get traded. The uh, the pass rusher for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And at the time, he, he wrote in this article that I guess once the tweet went out, Dave Caldwell, the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars, freaked out, couldn't believe he was tweeting it. He had, Lombardi had some good points in his article. It's like, David, we all know you're trading the guy. He's literally not at training camp. He has not signed the franchise tender. Your former cornerback, Jalen Ramsey, said the day he got traded was the best day of his life. He's been in the conference championship game, and he has children, and he still called that the best day of his life. You run a clown franchise. I think the Jaguars are such an embarrassment. I was talking with someone over the weekend, having a few pops, and really one thing the league, and I think basketball and the NFL and baseball, should think about big picture. I'm not a big soccer guy in the sense of like I don't follow the the EPL, the Premier League, whatever you consider it. Though I do respect the league and I love the size of their businesses, how much they pay for guys. My favorite part though of European soccer is relegation. If you don't earn your stripes, you get kicked out. Like the Sacramento Kings would be bye-bye, the Jacksonville Jaguars would be bye-bye, and the next franchise will get their chance. I think that would be something big picture over the next 10, 20 years these leagues should think about doing. You should not be grandfathered in to a seat at the table of making the cash. There should be other minor league franchises that have the opportunity to get to the next league. And it'd be a way, honestly, if collegiate sports were to ever die, I think you could function in some of the collegiate, just as minor leagues, and then have them give the opportunity to join the big leagues. Right? But the Jacksonville Jaguars, here's what I do know, and I have this philosophy. When I saw the Raiders, when they traded Khalil Mack a couple years ago, when the Jaguars last year were forced to trade Jalen Ramsey in the middle of the season, and now that Yannick Adakwe probably going to get traded the next week or two. When you have a player that's unhappy, and you know does not want to be there, and it's clearly over, you have to trade him before the draft. Bad franchises trade players during training camp. You know why? Because even if I get a first-round pick, I got no freaking clue where that first round pick will be. I had a I had a league executive told me when they do trades in the fall that they add like that first round pick is not as valuable as the draft pick on draft day. You usually discount it by twenty or thirty percent because I got no clue where it's going to be. Look at two good organizations that traded players and made tough decisions in in the spring and. The Minnesota Vikings traded Stephon Diggs, and the San Francisco 49ers traded DeForest Buckner. Both Pro Bowl-level guys. They did that knowing what pick they were receiving for the player. It's a very clear-cut transaction. You trade me 13, you get DeForest Buckner. You trade me pick 22, you get Stephon Diggs. I know exactly what I get. So when I remove the player from my team, I can take a player. And look what both those two teams did. Justin Jefferson, Javon Kinlaw. They replaced the player. The Jags now, the second year in a row, trade Jalen Ramsey. Well, you can't use that pick until the next draft. So you've got to play the rest of the season without a corner. You trade uh, Yannick and Dakwe right now, even if you get two second-round picks, you can't use them till after the season. So you lose the player. You are going to be shitty. And I, I, I thought this when... The Miami was blowing up the team 
Like, why didn't they do that in the spring? Now, we'll see if it works out. But at the end of the day, like, their two picks, I say it all the time about Laramie Tunzel and Minka Fitzpatrick, who I was wrong on that trade. Great trade by the Steelers. I thought they were crazy, but they proved me right. Is neither one of those picks, I mean, turned out to be any good. Laramie Tunzel's picks in the middle of the 20s, and because of Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, that pick was still, what, 19? You traded Minka Fitzpatrick, who was almost the defensive player of the year, for pick 19. Khalil Mack was traded right before week one. What'd they get? Pick 20 and 24. You picked them five. Right? Now, Yannick was a later, I think it was his third rounder maybe, second rounder. But he's turned into a really good player. Why can't any player be happy in Jacksonville? Can someone explain that to me? Most players, if you're willing to pay them big money, are happy. Yet Jalen Ramsey and Yannick Ndokwe want no part of that building. And I'm not saying those two guys are like, you know, Ronnie Lott or Reggie White on the field or even just in terms of character stuff. I mean, they're clearly a little bit of a pain in the ass. But still, like, you, Jacksonville, you drafted these players. But if you are going to come to an impasse, which, listen, it's, it's happened before and it's going to happen again, even for good teams, right? You start button heads, like, hell, Tom Brady had enough of Belichick. It happens. You have to know before the draft because you, you don't, you just lose out on too much. You have no clue because most teams that are going to be willing to trade for a guy like this are going to think they're a player away. More than likely, they're going to be a playoff team. Plus, you don't have as much leverage. I think the Jaguars, man, if should just be you know kicked out of the league. Okay, let's let's do a little betting segment, and uh, we haven't talked much about gambling. And I love to gamble. Now, this year is going to be difficult, right? There, there are. I was listening to Collins podcast with Chad Millman. Uh, a lot of unknowns for home field. It's always worth three, but if fans aren't allowed, some teams are going to have fans. I mean, a huge part about a home field is like you can't hear on offense, right? You play the Saints, you play Kansas City. It's loud as hell. I, it's hard for me to communicate. That's not going to be the case this year. We don't think a lot of unknowns. Who knows? But I do think we can. It's still pretty easy. Like to me, the first couple weeks. For point spreads, it's going to be difficult. Now, I could do a segment, you know, leading up to week one over five games I like, but let's just be completely honest. We throw shit at the wall and hope it sticks. We don't know how any of these games are going to look. It's just a lot of unknown. But over the course of a season, whether we're betting on division winners or the conference, I think if the season's going to be played, we can make some educated guesses on who's going to win the conference. And I, I use these, the odds that I use were based on my bookie. I, your odds might be a little bit different, but I, I picked three teams that I found pretty interesting in the AFC and NFC factoring in value. And just, I, I think it's kind of realistic. Let's start with the AFC. The bills at 11 to one, they should win the division. And I think the Patriots are going to be decent, but the Jets probably won't be. And I don't think the dolphins are any good either. And the Patriots just have a lot of moving parts, right? First time without Brady, Cam Newton. Uh, I, I still believe in Belichick, but I, I think Jim Kelly said it right when Tom Brady left. Like, there's no excuse. The Bills have to win the division this year. They trade to get Stephon Diggs. Their defense is really good. They got a head coach who knows what he's doing. At 11-1, to 1, like, decent odds to win the AFC. Now, if you're going to bet on them, you'd have to be putting on a lot of stock for the quarterback to get better. And that's pretty risky. Part of the reason they're not five to one, they're eleven to one. I just look at odds, not terrible. Even at, at three to one, and I didn't pick many, just like no brainers. You could argue the Chiefs might just be stealing. They could go on a Patriot like run and just make the Super Bowl four times in the next six years. But specifically this year, they got twenty of twenty two players returning. They had a sweet little running back. Uh, their second round linebacker that I've been reading about, a kid gay from uh, Mississippi State. He's going to be good. They have the best player in the league. They have arguably the best play caller in the league. They have a loaded offense. Uh, I, I usually don't like betting on someone three to one to win the conference, but I mean, you can put a thousand bucks and win an easy little three thousand right there. The Steelers. They went eight and eight last year, and like the Bills, they're eleven to one. If you tell me Roethlisberger is healthy, I like them eleven to one a lot more than the Bills eleven to one. You tell me Roethlisberger is healthy. 
They're 11-12 win team. Now, I've said over and over, I don't trust Ben. But technology, uh, the doctors, just when you factor in modern medicine, there is a chance that he just, this is maybe his last really good year he plays in every game. I'd bet against it, but if, if it does happen, they're going to be good because they had the worst quarterback efficiency in the NFL last year, and they went 8-8. Eight and eight. Their defense is loaded. They have a lot of talent at the offensive skill positions at wide receiver. So if they can just get good quarterback play, they're going to the playoffs. And if the Ravens come back to earth a little bit, Lamar's already banged up, uh, you know, I, I just think the Steelers are not going to be intimidated by the Ravens. It's like, I know I like the Steelers better than the Browns and the Bengals. Did that just, when I talked about value, it's just something to keep an eye on. The NFC. I'd say one long shot, when you factor in the last two years, they've won, they won eight games last year, and they won 12 games the year before. So they've won 20 games in two years. Trubisky couldn't have been any shittier last year. And Foles, you know, has proven it in the playoffs. In the regular season, he's been a little hit or miss. But if their quarterback position, if last year was a 2 out of 10, if they could just get it to like 6 or 7 out of 10, they do have some offensive skill, guys. They Montgomery, I was reading today, slimmed down. Allen Robinson is just one of the more underrated players in the NFL. Their defense is still pretty loaded. If Khalil Mack, who I didn't think played that well last year, can bounce back, they got Akeem Hicks healthy. At 20-1 to 1 odds, uh, it's not inconceivable to see the Packers come back to earth. The Vikings just lost a lot of stalwart players that they've had over the last four or five years on this run that the Bears could win the second their division the second time in three years. Anytime you got a good defense, you're going to have a chance in the playoffs. Plus, if Mitch, uh, Nick Foles is your starting quarterback, we, we've seen what he can do in January. He just he plays at a pretty high level. And I just think at 20-1, to 1, that's not crazy. The Seattle Seahawks at 10-1. to 1. See, the Niners are at 4-1. to 1. Seattle's at 10-1. to 1. Well, Seattle adds Jamal Adams. I think DK Metcalf is going to take another step and he's going to become a superstar. They have the best quarterback in the division. They were six inches away that if uh, Greenlaw doesn't make the tackle on the goal line, they win the division. They're a two seed, right? Instead, then the Niners turned out to be a five seed. People forget, like the Niners went thirteen and three, were the one seed, end up in the Super Bowl, but they were, I mean, less than a foot away from that being reversed. Seattle always plays well against the Niners. They play well in the division. Uh, like I said, they add Jamal Adams. I just think their team, I understand their point differential was a little funky last year, but I, I think the culture there, I think the quarterback there, I think their comfort you know, comfort level within their own division, which is going to be really good, has to help. And, and then clearly just I take my chances with Russell Wilson in, in a playoff game. And then at 5-1, to one, I've toyed and gone back and forth with this. I, I still think there's some unknown with Brady and Arians and how the offense is perfectly going to fit each other, but their team is really, really talented. And we know when Tom Brady has weapons, he dominates. In the last couple of years in New England, he just hasn't had the weapons. I, I mean, last year, Nikhil Harry, they drafted in the first round, no show, injured. Sony Michelle, stunk. Uh, Edelman, banged up. They, they just, they had nothing. Now he's got Mike Evans and Godwin. That's that wide receiver. He's got Gronk back, who looks healthy. He's got O.J. Howard. He's got an offensive coach. If he can adapt his style to Tom, who sure as hell knows what he's doing, Todd Bowles, their defensive coordinator. Now, like Seattle, that division is really hard. Uh, the Saints are going to be good, and that, the thing with the Saints and the Niners, like they're both like three and four to one, depending on where you look. I liked the Saints last year. I, I thought, I mean, that, like Seattle, they played the Niners. They easily could have won the game that they lost in the Superdome. But to lose a playoff game at home against Minnesota, I, 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 I still can't believe I witnessed that. How did they lose to Kirk Cousins at home back when you could have fans and your team was clearly loaded? That, that, that was an embarrassing loss. So I, I got some question marks there. Atlanta, they're always going through some shit. And Carolina's going to be terrible. Uh, I just, I, I ain't betting against Tom Brady if he gets in the playoffs. And I think the Tom, Tampa Bay Buccaneers haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years. Well, I think it's fair to say that's going to end this year. And then just take your chances with all that talent, you know, come, uh, come January at 5-1. to one, not crazy. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. 
So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long long way away with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof racks bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, let's dive into the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff, that's my name. Instagram, DMs wide open. Answer your questions here. Pretty simple. You guys know the drill. Also, I got to keep hammering this home. Leave a review. Apple iTunes, 3 and Out Podcast. Also, subscribe to that podcast. Appreciate if you listen through there. Helps business. Amir. Hi from Tel Aviv. Ooh, going all the way around the world. Speaking on the NBA draft, I can't get over the fact that three teams passed on Luka two years ago. The dude was killing it for three years at the highest levels beside the NBA. I dare any NCAA team to play a EuroLeague or Spanish League. They would get crushed. If you were an NFL GM and you had the choice between drafting a guy which you watched for three years, you knew he was damn good, but not, but, but not necessarily a position of need. But let's say you know for sure he's going to be someone between the floor of J.J. Watt and ceiling of Von Miller. 
or a one-and-done player with lots of potential in a position of need. Can't ever happen in the NFL. Guys don't buy into potential. They want to see video. They want to see numbers. Potential is for the fourth round. I think potential is probably, yes, third round. To get drafted high, I mean, you got to have potential, but you got to do it. Like, you got to kick ass. And I, I, I think Luca. I don't know. I mean, I can't pretend to study him beside YouTube. I remember watching him in the Euro League, just thinking he was kind of slow. But like you said, he was dominating that league. And if you're that good, that young, I mean, listen, I watched him the other day, and I've watched him a little bit this season. It's crossed my mind. Like, I don't know if he's the best player in the league, but you could convince me he is. He's a dominant, dominant player. And, you know, the the irony, too, is like uh, – the Kings are getting crushed, right? Vladi passed on Luka for Marvin Bagley. Disaster pick. The 76ers had the number one, or excuse me, the number three overall pick traded up to one, and they ended up getting Markel Fultz, who's now not on their team. They could have had Jason Tatum, and it wouldn't be that big of a disaster. And I just think sometimes in the NBA, like in the NFL, you can overthink things. You can get obsessed with positions of need. Uh, if, the, if the Sixers just taken Jason Tatum, they'd have the best player in the draft. They didn't quote-unquote need the position because they already had like a longer guard type in Ben Simmons. Just like the, the Kings didn't want Luka because they already had a point guard in De'Aaron Fox. Who gives a shit? This is a positionless sport. When football, positions do matter. But if I had Vaughn Miller on my team, like the Broncos, they drafted Bradley Chubb. Smart move. I don't even know where I was rambling there about the Sixers. I realized yeah, that wasn't even Lucas draft, but I was thinking about that today. The Sixers could easily have had Jason Tatum and Embiid and Ben Simmons. Instead, they have Markel Fultz, who they don't even have because they traded him away. Who actually watched? I got a little spin bike. You know, just my, my, my gym in my condo complex left it open forever, and they just put like a laminated sheet outside the gym that just said, do not use. And I was like, I'm paying for it. I'll wipe it down after I use the stuff. I think someone told on me at my facility because they, they padlocked it. So I I started running outside, which, you know, let's face it, maybe I'm a little soft. I like the treadmill because I can watch. like I, I can do work while I work out. Uh, and then it got so smoky the last couple of weeks, so I ordered a stationary bike and I put it in the office with a little, uh, I also got like one of those little ab balls. Just trying not to become fat during quarantine. Question for the pod. The NFL is all about a level playing field. So how will it handle some stadiums being allowed a certain amount of fans compared to others? Clearly, it can create an unfair advantage, although Jacksonville and L.A., I'm sure, used to be no used to no home uh, field advantage. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've said this over and over. I, I think they should mandate it like they did the draft. You had to work from home. To me, this is easy. You mandate, you, you can't have fans. Now, uh, it's different because financially... The pot gets split. I'm pretty sure even ticket sales get split in the NFL. So it just all kind of goes to the same pot. These guys love their money. Uh, I understand it's more complicated, but I, I, I do think there should be a no fan. I, I just One team should not be allowed to have fans if the other team legally can't. Like To me, it's a no-brainer. Like If it was legally everyone could and some teams chose and some teams chose to, I'd be like, that's on you. But like the Rams and the Niners and Seattle and the Bills and the Giants, and the, like they won't be allowed to have fans. So just because Kansas City can't have fans, like it, the league should take that out of their – make it a level playing field. Don't allow anyone to have fans. That, that would be my take. Though I don't think that's going to happen. With the rumor of the Ravens and the Jaguars in trade talks that, that would send Yannick to the Baltimore Ravens for a third-round pick and halfback Gus Edwards – I think that was a fake rumor, but I would imagine the Ravens would want him. What does that say about the Ravens and their confidence in their running back depth as well as their confidence in how J.K. Dobbins has looked in camp? How much of an addition would the impact of Ndokwe have on the Ravens' defense? What does that tell us about the Jaguars and the state they are in? And finally, is the missing piece the Ravens need to get over the, uh, over the hump against the Chiefs as well as their playoff troubles? I'll start with the latter. Their playoff troubles to me are Lamar-related and passing game-related. Their defense is fine. What was the score? The Titans scored 28 points, if I remember correctly. Wasn't the final score like 28-12? Maybe they scored like a garbage-time touchdown. 
to, to me, it's about Lamar Jackson. You can't have a dominant offense and then not be able to pass in the playoffs. It's happened twice. Defense is fine. If they got Yannick and Dockway, they would be... I mean, their defense is already legit. You had him there. Holy hell. Uh, I, I think it's pretty simple with their running back situation. When you take a guy as high as you do, D.K. Dobbins, or J.K. Dobbins, he's coming from Ohio State. They just believe he's going to be a starter, right? It's probably Mark Ingram's last year. Just it's the cost of doing business. You'll eventually have to pay Lamar and pay other guys that you need a guy on a cheap contract. J.K. Dobbins on a second-round contract doesn't make much money. Bye-bye Mark Ingram. And J.K. Dobbins is your starting running back. And I, I know a lot of people in the league that like J.K. Dobbins. Thought he was a little overhyped, but you got him in the second round. Like, that's solid. Yeah, I think some there was some first-round buzz, but where they got him, I, I just think he'll become their starting running back. I, I think whenever you just take a guy that high, you believe in him a lot. Would it be possible for a young college star to manipulate his NFL franchise designation by signing with a XFL team out of the university for a 12-month contract upon completion signed for a specific NFL franchise? Don't quote me on this, and it's in the collective bargaining agreement, but I'm pretty sure you have you can't avoid the draft. I know it used to happen, like with the Reggie Whites and the... Uh, I guess they used to get drafted too, but I mean, it hasn't happened in so long because we haven't had these other leagues... I'll be honest, I'm not exactly sure on these rules, but I've always been, because people have always asked, like, why don't these guys just leave college and go sign with an NFL team? Because you can't. You, you have to go through the draft process, to my understanding, uh, which I, I think is the way it should be. You can't just have the wild, wild west of guys signing with people. Now, because of the salary cap, it's not like the Cowboys can sign every player, though Jerry would probably try. Uh, I, I think the way going through the draft is the healthiest for the league. Like a huge reason the NFL has lapped the other leagues is college football has become big. Look at the look at the NBA. College basketball stinks. We, all we care about now is March Madness. When I was growing up, college basketball was a big deal. You watched all the star players: Shaq, Allen Iverson. I mean, you name it. Play Tim Duncan playing college basketball. And with the one and dones, like college basketball has kind of died. Now March Madness is fun, but it's a one month a year sport. College football is five months a year, and if you live in the South, it's twelve months a year. Or Big Ten country, except this year because they got no season. But I, I, I think that they want the players to do what they're doing. Like the the NFL doesn't want to get into the minor league football business in terms of they like college football is basically just doing their development for them, and then they draft the guys. Your take on Jason Garrett as a head coach holding the Cowboys back the last three or four years? Does that same philosophy apply to him as the OC? Giants fan and worried. LOL. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I listen, I, I saw Jane Slater tweeted something, Jason Garrett talking to this high school coaches like uh, camp about his high school coach, and you just go, I mean, it brought like tears to your eyes. He was talking about how his high school coach always told him to stand up in the pocket, but how it also worked as like a symbol for life, stand up tall in bad times. And Jason Garrett's a really, really impressive guy. Ivy League guy, lifetime NFLer, head coach. Clean shaven, tall, skinny, looks the part, has the resume. Everyone likes him. But for whatever reason, his teams just were not dynamic. And he was supposed to be an offensive guy. And you just watched it like, I see Andy Reid, I see Kyle Shanahan, I see Sean Payton. Those guys are offensive guys and their offenses are good. Like, Jason, why isn't your offense more explosive? But as a human, he's a really high-level human. I always found myself rooting for him because I thought everyone just always shit on him. And I always liked him. But I do question his ability to be a dynamic coach. And he wasn't a dynamic coach as a head coach. Why is he going to be a dynamic coach as an offensive coordinator? He hasn't called plays in years. And plus the Giants, I mean, just... Eli Manning, Plaxico Burris, Brandon Jacobs ain't walking through that door. I know they have Saquon, but the entire defense knows that they're going to give it to 26. Who else can you give it to? Is Daniel Jones any good? Big question mark. I don't know. Uh, love the show. I was listening to a John Schneider interview from the Peter King podcast. Peter asked what John thought about the upcoming NFL draft and the college football leagues possibly all being canceled. Some already being canceled when they aired the interview. John jokingly laughed and said, trade them all like we always did. Referring to the Jamal Adams trade. Is this a real strategy? I'm a Seahawks fan and we are constantly picking up guys from Utah and the Boise States of the world. It kind of makes sense when the Seahawks traded for Jamal as this year's upcoming first round. Pick will be a total crapshoot. Now, I hope they trade a few picks this year for Yannick and Dockway. Thoughts on this uh, idea? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the amount of star players every year that come from the Big Ten and the Pac-12, I'd imagine they get drafted in the first couple rounds if we just did the – if I had to guess off the top of my head, the last three years, how many Pac-12 slash Big Ten players have been drafted in the top 50 picks average each of the last three years? I'd guess 15. I mean, a lot from the Big Ten, but the Pac-12 is probably adding three or four. So you don't get a year of tape on these guys? That is a massive, massive risk. And guys like John Schneider, when they have tape on players, they trade. Belichick for years trades out of it. And John Schneider's always said that, like, we're always drafting in the late 20s. We only have 18 to 20 players graded with first-round grades. So why would I draft a player and pay him first-round money when I think he's a second-round talent? So to me, it's logistically and logically, I guess logistically wrong, logically, made sense with John Schneider. Like, he does not want to draft a second-round player in the first round. But it gets complicated. It takes two to tango. You need someone else to agree to the trade. It's not always simple. It's not always that black and white. But I, I think we'll just have to see. I, I, It's hard for me to make proclamations on what's going to happen this fall with college. Who knows? I, I just, I got no clue. I do know if you don't have a college season for certain conferences, what am I supposed to think about the player? Now, Panay Sewell, the left tackle for Oregon, Star player, top five player. He's easy. Most guys aren't, and we talked about this on my last podcast. Like, Baker Mayfield would have been a fifth-round pick. Joe Burrow would have been a fifth-round pick. A lot of guys use their senior year or junior year, Justin Jefferson, to ball out. I mean, it's it's a big deal for a lot. Brandon Ayuk, never heard of the guy. Guy drafted the end of the first round. Just think about the end of the first round last year. The, the guy the Ravens tr- picked from... Uh, the linebacker from LSU, Queen, he didn't even start up until I think game three or four this year. Wasn't even a starter the first month of the season. So, I yeah, it's got, I don't know what the hell you do as a scout. I haven't really texted a lot of my scouting buddies lately. I, I don't know what the hell they're doing right now. Typically right now, you'd be like going to training camps for colleges. Like you'd be going to Alabama, you'd be going to LSU, you'd be going to Ohio State, you'd be going to USC, you'd be going to Oregon. Are those schools, even the ones that are playing, do they let you in? You're like, are, are you allowed in? I don't, it's a complicated situation. Pretty new listener, loving the pod. Appreciate it. After listening to Collins' take on the Carr versus Mariota, Mariota, I agree that Carr is a better quarterback. Is the issue the fit with Gruden and the Vegas front office? And do you think it would be good for him to move to a system that could utilize him at a higher quality, like, like Cousins uh, moved to Minnesota? Well... Derek is vastly superior talent-wise to Marcus Mariota. He has a much better arm. He's much more accurate. And he's proven, even he's been beat up, but he's proven to be much more durable. Now, I do think that Gruden desires an athletic quarterback. The last good quarterback John Gruden had was Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon, when he was originally drafted, I think in the, like, the late 80s or early 90s from Delaware, they tried to move to safety when he got to, when he got to the pros. He was a big-time athlete, and John resurrected his career, made him an MVP of the league. From talking to people there over the years and just following the Raiders pretty closely, John desperately wants him to scramble more. And when I say scramble, I don't mean run past the line of scrimmage. I mean keep plays alive with his legs. He sees Mariota. He sees a guy, in theory, that can do that. Now, Titans fans will tell you, Mariota doesn't do that as much as you think, especially the last couple of years. He's been terrible. I think Gruden would, you know, chirp back. Well, he's been injured. Well, I... I listen. I was never. I always thought Marcus Mariota was a tad bit overhyped coming out of college, uh, and I thought Derek Carr. And I've been someone that said Derek Carr has regressed a little the last couple of years. And I know Derek has said he thought he played better last year than he did the year that he almost won the MVP. I call bullshit on that one, but I do think that Derek has moments where he's a really good player, but he needs to be more explosive as a playmaker when the when the actual play call breaks down. And right now, that's what he struggled with. And I think it's something Gruden's really harped on. Now they have, they drafted Henry Ruggs in the first round. They got this kid Edwards from South Carolina that's been balling. They got Lynn Bowden, who is a great little chess piece. I saw Tyrell Williams, a dude they signed from San Diego two years ago, has a torn labrum. But unlike being a defensive guy or a lineman, you can play at wide receiver with it, though it'll probably be really hard and they'll probably end up having to go on IR and get surgery. But, like, that's a pretty big blow. But they still have Darren Waller. They still have Josh Jacobs. Their offensive line's good. Like, D- Derek needs to be good this year. 
Uh, this is, and we've been talking for a while. Like to me, this is 100% make or break for Derek in the, his Raider career. He, he, he has to, they got to win nine or 10 games this year. This is Gruden's third year. They have speed now on offense. I don't know if their defense is going to be good enough, but they did sign a couple linebackers. Uh, they have Jonathan Abram coming back off injury. If LaMarcus Joyner can stay healthy, I just think their defensive line is terrible. I mean, it's just not very good. And I read Arden Keys making plays in practice and Cleveland Fair is bigger. I'll believe it when I see it. You know, I, I'll believe it when I see it. So I, I think their downfall could be their defensive line. But if Derek plays well, and and I know Colin thought they'd be a top 10 offense. If, if they're a top 10 offense, they should be in the playoffs. I know Colin thought they'd be like the seventh best offense and then not go 5-11. and 11. To me, if they're the seventh best offense, they, they'll win eight or nine games. I mean, they won seven last year. And their passing offense wasn't that great. Really, their rushing offense was really good. So if they're if their offense can take a huge step, I I think they they could be playoff bound. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, enjoy the week. I will talk to everyone soon. Godspeed, peace. See you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Fire the grill and fire up the party. Get the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. Go from low and slow on smoke boost mode at 180 degrees all the way to high heat sear at 600 degrees. It's got a full grate sear zone so you can put more food on the flame. Food will look as good as it tastes. This grill is hot in 15 minutes and cleanup is easy. You can also add a heavy-duty rotisserie or rust-resistant griddle insert to up your game. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash.